poets and intellectuals of this time. The innovative minds. The intelligentsia. Those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers. The revolutionaries. Those living apart from this big unrest. Those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original, and brutal. You have tuned into the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready with you until the end of the hour. Today on the show, we will be focusing on the groundbreaking poem Howl by beat poet Allen Ginsberg, a poetic force behind the early LGBT movement. The poem paved the way for gay literature being open, frank and realistic. And joining us in the studio to read with me this epic poem is fellow presenter Hudson, who presents the long-running show Postmodern Backlash. First, we will start with a track that was inspired by the poem Howl. American composer Philip Glass used the phrase hydrogen jukebox from the poem as a name of a chamber opera he wrote featuring the work of Allen Ginsberg. On the project, Glass said, I quote, In 1988, I happened to run into Allen Ginsberg at St. Mark's Bookshop in New York and asked him if he would perform with me. We were in the poetry section and he grabbed a book from the shelf and pointed out Wichita Vortex Sutra, the poem written in 1966 and reflecting the anti-war mood of the times. Seemed highly appropriate for the occasion. I composed a piano piece to accompany Allen's reading, which took place at the Schubert Theatre on Broadway. to speak my lonesomeness in a car because not only my lonesomeness it's ours all over America oh tender fellows and spoken lonesomeness is prophecy in the moon a hundred years ago or in the middle of Kansas now it's not the vast plains mute our mouths that fill at midnight with ecstatic language when our trembling bodies hold each other breast to breast on a mattress. Not the empty sky that hides the feeling from our faces, nor our skirts and trousers that conceal the body love emanating in a glow of beloved skin, white smooth abdomen down to the hair between our legs. It's not a god that bore us that forbid our being, like a sunny rose all red with naked joy between our eyes and bellies. Yes, all we do is for this frightened thing we call love, 
want and lack, fear that we aren't the one whose body could be beloved of all the brides of Kansas City, kissed all over by every boy of Wichita. Oh, but how many in their solitude weep aloud like me. On the bridge over Republican River, almost in tears to know how to speak the right language. On the frosty broad road, uphill between highway embankments, I search for the language that is also yours. Almost all our language has been taxed by war. Radio antennae, high-tension wires ranging from Junction City across the plains. Highway cloverleaf sunk in a vast meadow, lanes curving past Abilene to Denver filled with old heroes of love. To Wichita, where McClure's mind burst into animal beauty, drunk, getting laid in a car in a neon-misted street 15 years ago. To independence, where the old man's still alive, who loosed the bomb that slaved all human consciousness and made the body universe a place of fear. Now, speeding along the empty plain, no giant demon machine visible on the horizon, but tiny human trees and wooden houses at the sky's edge, I claim my birthright, reborn forever as long as man in Kansas or other universe. Joy, reborn after the vast sadness of the war gods. A lone man talking to myself, no house in the brown vastness to hear, imagining the throng of selves that make this nation one body of prophecy, language by declaration as pursuit of happiness. I call all powers of imagination to my side in this autumn to make prophecy. All lords of human kingdoms to come, Shambhu, Bharti, Baba, naked, covered with ash, Keki Baba, fat-bellied, mad with the dogs, Dehorahava Baba, who moans, oh, how wounded, how wounded, Siddharamankartathakar, who commands, give up your desire, Satyananda, who raises two thumbs in tranquility, Kali Pada Guha Roy, whose yoga drops before the void, Shivananda, who touches the breast and says, Om. Srimata Krishnaji of Brindabandha says, Take for your guru, William Blake, the invisible father of English visions. Sri Ramakrishna, master of ecstasy, eyes half closed, who only cries for his mother. Chaitanya, arms upraised, singing and dancing his own praise. Merciful Shango, judging our bodies. Durgama, covered with blood, destroyer of battlefield illusions. Million-faced Tathagata gone past suffering. Preserver Hare Krishna, returning in the age of pain. Sacred
sacred heart, my Christ, acceptable. Allah, the compassionate one, Yahweh, righteous one. All knowledge, princes of earth, man, all ancient seraphim of heavenly desire, devas, yogis, and holy men I chant too. Come to my lone presence into this vortex named Kansas. I lift my voice aloud, make mantra of American language now. I here declare the end of the war. Let the states tremble. Let the nation weep. Let Congress legislate its own delight. Let the president execute his own desire. This act done by my own voice, published to my own senses, blissfully received by my own form, approved with pleasure by my sensations, manifestation of my very thought, accomplished in my own imagination, all realms within my consciousness fulfilled 60 miles from Wichita near El Dorado, the golden one in chill earthly mist, houseless brown farmland plains rolling heavenward in every direction one midwinter afternoon Sunday called the day of the Lord. Pure spring water gathered in one tower where Florence is set on a hill. Stop for tea and gas. And that was Wichita Vortex Sutra from a chamber opera featuring the music of Philip Glass and the work of beat poet Allen Ginsberg. Allen Ginsberg, who lived between 1926 and 1997, was an American poet. He became known as a leader of the beat literary movement of the 1950s and also of the cultural and political protests of the 1960s. He is probably the most widely known homosexual in the generation. He openly claimed that he was homosexual, insisted that he discovered within himself mountains of homosexuality in 1943. Ginsburg's public coming out happened in Howe. However, the first person he told about his sexual orientation was Jack Kerouac in Ginsburg's dorm room on Columbia University in 1946. He knew he was a homosexual before the age of 12. In 1949 at court, Ginsburg was accused of a car theft, drug possession and possession of stolen goods after riding in a stolen car with a couple of criminals. He was advised to plead insanity to avoid prison. At the court, he said he is sick and wishes to be cured, stable and married. He was sent to the Columbia Presbyterian Psychiatric Institute due to the history of mental illness in his family and for his confessed homosexual behaviour. There he was constantly interrogated about his sexual life and forced by his doctor to give up on his homosexuality. 
because at the time homosexuality was considered an abnormality by psychiatrists. He spent eight months there and gathered inspiration for his poetry. One of his inspirations and influences was a patient called Carl Solomon, who is immortalised in the third part of Howl. Howl and Other Poems was published in 1956, November the 1st. The following poem, A Supermarket in California, from the collection, is a short poem about a dreamlike encounter with Walt Whitman, one of Ginsburg's biggest idols. The poem is A Supermarket in California, published in the book Howl, put out by the City Lights Company in San Francisco. The title is A Supermarket in California, the author Allen Ginsberg. What thoughts I have of you tonight, Walt Whitman, for I walk down the side streets under the trees with a headache, self-conscious, looking at the full moon. In my hungry fatigue and shopping for images, I went into the neon fruit supermarket dreaming of your enumerations. What peaches and what penumbras, whole families shopping at night, aisles full of husbands, Wives in the avocados, babies in the tomatoes, and you, Garcia Lorca, what were you doing down by the watermelons? I saw you, Walt Whitman, childless, lonely old grubber, poking among the meats in the refrigerator and eyeing the grocery boys. I heard you asking questions of each. Who killed the pork chops? What price bananas? Are you my angel? I wandered in and out of the brilliant stacks of cans following you, and followed in my imagination by the store detective. We strode down the open corridors together in our solitary fancy, tasting artichokes, possessing every frozen delicacy, and never passing the cashier. Where are we going, Walt Whitman? The doors close in an hour. Which way does your beard point tonight? I touch your book and dream of our odyssey in the supermarket and feel absurd. Will we walk all night through solitary streets? The trees add shade to shade, lights out in the houses. We'll both be lonely. Will we stroll dreaming of the lost America of love, past blue automobiles and driveways, home to our silent cottage as in Camden once? Ah, dear father, gray beard, lonely old courage teacher, what America did you have when Sharon quit poling his ferry and you got out on a smoking bank and stood watching the boat disappear on the black waters of Lethe. If you're going to San Francisco Gentle people with flowers in their 
listening to The Bohemian Beat, broadcasting nationally since 2007 across the community radio network. We just heard Scott McKenzie with San Francisco. Before that, Allen Ginsberg reading A Supermarket in California. Ginsberg's most famous poem, Howl, published in 1956, attacks the forces of conformity and mechanization that he believed destroyed the best minds of his generation. Howl could not have been possibly created anywhere else but in San Francisco. The city was a bohemian and artistic place and inspiration for beats like Ginsberg and Kerouac and had a large homosexual community. Not only was it written there, but Howl's first reading also took place in San Francisco in October 1955 at the so-called Six Gallery Reading. Ginsberg wanted to liberate the reader from their self-deprecating images of themselves and to persuade that they were actually angels. In How, he used violent images to condemn the weakness and failings he saw in modern American life. He thought values had been dehumanised. He wrote the poem in three sections. The first is Ginsberg's portrait of the despair and frustration he believed infected young people. The second section attacks material and conformity and the final section is addressed to a friend confined to a mental hospital an individual Ginsberg saw as a victim of society I would like to welcome fellow Bay FM presenter Hudson joining us in the studio to read How by Allen Ginsberg hello Reddy thanks for having me thank you and we're just about to start and a language warning for this poem How by Allen Ginsberg for Carl Solomon I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving hysterical naked, dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn looking for an angry fix, angel-headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo and the machinery of night, who poverty and tatters and hollow-eyed and high sat up smoking in the supernatural darkness of cold water flats floating across the tops of cities contemplating jazz who bared their brains to heaven under the L, and saw Mohammedan angels staggering on tenement roofs illuminated, who passed through universities with radiant cool eyes hallucinating Arkansas and Blake-Light tragedy among the scholars of war, who were expelled from the academies for crazy and publishing obscene odes on the windows of the skull, who cowered in unshaven rooms in underwear, burning their money in wastebaskets and listening to the terror through the wall, who got busted in their pubic beards returning through Laredo with a belt of marijuana for New York, who ate fire in paint hotels or drank turpentine in Paradise Alley, death or purgatory their torsos night after night with dreams, with drugs, with waking nightmares, alcohol and cock and endless balls. Incomparable blind, streets of shuddering cloud and lightning in the mind leaping toward poles of Canada and Patterson, illuminating all the motionless world of time between, peyote solidity of halls, backyard green tree cemetery dawns, wine drunkenness over the rooftops, storefront burrows of tea head joyride, neon, blinking, traffic light, sun and moon and tree vibrations in the roaring winter dusks of Brooklyn, ash can rantings and kind king light of mind, who chained themselves to subways for the endless ride from Battery to Holy Bronx on Benzedrine, until the noise of wheels and children brought them down shuddering, mouth-racked and battered bleak 
of brain, all drained of brilliance in the drear light of zoo, who sank all night in submarine light of Bickford's, floated out and sat through the stale beer afternoon in desolate fagazis, listening to the crack of doom on the hydrogen jukebox. Who talked continuously 70 hours from park to pad to bar to Bellevue to museum to the Brooklyn Bridge. Lost battalion of platonic conversationalists jumping down the stoops, off fire escapes, off window sills, off Empire State, out of the moon. Yakety yakking, screaming, vomiting, whispering facts and memories and antidotes and eyeball kicks and shocks of hospitals and jails and wars. Whole intellects disgorged and total recall for seven days and nights with brilliant eyes. Meet for the synagogue, cast on the pavement, who vanished into nowhere, Zen, New Jersey, leaving a trail of ambiguous picture postcards of Atlantic City Hall, suffering eastern sweats and Tangerian bone grindings and migraines of China under junk withdrawal in Newark's bleak furnished room, who wandered around and around at midnight in the railway yard, wondering where to go and went, leaving no broken hearts, who lit cigarettes in boxcars, 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 racketing through snow towards lonesome farms and grandfather night who studied Plytinus, Poe's and John of the Cross, telepathy and Bob Kabbalah because of the cosmos instinctively vibrated at their feet in Kansas who loined it through the streets of Idaho seeking visionary Indian angels who were visionary Indian angels who thought they were only mad when Baltimore gleamed in supernatural ecstasy who jumped in limousines with the Chinaman of Oklahoma on the impulse of winter midnight streetlights, small town rain, who lunged hungry and lonesome through Houston seeking jazz or sex or soup and followed the brilliant Spaniard to converse about America and eternity, a hopeless task, and so took ship to Africa. Who disappeared into the volcanoes of Mexico, leaving behind nothing but the shadow of dungarees and the lava and ash of poetry scattered in fireplace Chicago, who reappeared on the West Coast investigating the FBI in beards and shorts with big pacifist eyes sexy in their dark skin, passing out incomprehensible leaflets, who burned cigarette holes in their arms protesting the narcotic tobacco haze of capitalism, who distributed super-communist pamphlets in Union Square, weeping and undressing while the sirens of Los Alamos wailed them down and wailed down wall, and the Staten Island Ferry also wailed, who broke down crying in white gymnasiums naked and trembling before the machinery of other skeletons, who bit detectives in the neck and shrieked with delight in police cars for committing no crime but their own wild cooking pederasty and intoxication, who howled on their knees in the subway and were dragged off the roof waving genitals and manuscripts, who let themselves be fucked in the ass by saintly motorcyclists and screamed with joy, who blew and were blown by those human seraphim, the sailors, caresses of Atlantic and Caribbean love, who bawled in the morning and the evenings in rose gardens and the grass of public parks and cemeteries, scattering their semen freely to whomever come who may, who hiccuped endlessly trying to giggle but wound up with a sob behind a partition in a Turkish bath when the blonde and naked angel came to pierce them with a sword, who lost their love boys to the three old shrews of fate, the one-eyed shrew of the heterosexual dollar, the one-eyed shrew that winks out of the womb, and the one-eyed shrew that does nothing but sit on her ass and snip the intellectual golden threads of the craftsman's loom, who copulated ecstatic and insatiate with a bottle of beer, a sweetheart, a package of cigarettes, a candle, and fell off the bed and continued along the floor and down the hall and ended fainting on the wall 
with a vision of ultimate cunt and cum eluding the last jism of consciousness, who sweetened the snatches of a million girls trembling in the sunset and were red-eyed in the morning but prepared to sweeten the snatch of the sunrise, flashing buttocks under barns and naked in the like. Who went out whoring through Colorado in myriad stolen night cars, Neil Cassidy, secret hero of these poems, Hawksman, and Adonis of Denver Joy, to the memory of his innumerable lays of girls in empty lots and diner backyards, movie houses, rickety rows, on mountaintops, in caves, or with gaunt waitresses in familiar roadside, lonely petticoat upliftings, and especially secret gas station solipsisms of John's hometown alleys, too. Who faded out in vast, sordid movies, were shifted in dreams, woke on a sudden Manhattan and picked themselves up out of basements, hung over with heartless tokay and horrors of Third Avenue iron dreams and stumbled to unemployment offices. Who walked all night with their shoes full of blood on the snowbank docks, waiting for a door in the East River to open to a room full of steam, heat and opium. Who created great suicide dramas on the apartment cliff banks of the Hudson under the wartime blue floodlight of the moon, and their heads shall be crowned with laurel in oblivion. Who ate the lamb stew of the imagination or digested the crab at the muddy bottom of the rivers of Bowery. Who wept at the romance of the streets with their pushcarts full of onions and bad music. Who sat in boxes breathing in the darkness under the bridge and rose up to build harpsichords in their lofts. Who coughed on the sixth floor of crowned with flame under the tubercular sky surrounded by orange crates of theology who scribbled all night rocking and rolling over lofty incantations which in the morning yellow were stanzas of gibberish who cooked rotten animals, lung, heart, feet, tall borscht and tortellas, dreaming of the pure vegetable kingdom, who plunged themselves under meat trucks looking for an egg, who threw their watches off the roof to cast their ballot for eternity outside of time, and alarm clocks fell on their heads every day for the next decade. Who cut their wrists three times successively unsuccessfully, gave up and were forced to open antique stores where they thought they were growing old and cried. Who were burned alive in their innocent flannel suits on Madison. Avenue amid blasts of leaden verse and the tanked up clatter of the iron regiments of fashion and the nitroglycerin shrieks of the fairies of advertising and the mustard gas of sinister intelligent editors or were run down by the drunken taxi cabs of absolute reality who jumped off the Brook- Brooklyn Bridge this actually happened and walked away unknown and forgotten into the ghostly days of Chinatown soup alleyways and fire trucks not even one free beer who sang out of their windows in despair fell out of the subway window, jumped in the filthy Passaic, leaped on Negroes, cried all over the street, danced on broken wine glasses barefoot, smashed phonograph records of nostalgic European 1930s German jazz, finished the whiskey and threw up groaning into the bloody toilet, moans in their ears and the blast of colossal steam whistles, who barreled down the highways of the past, journeying to each other's hot rod Golgotha jail solitude watch or Birmingham jazz incarnation, who drove cross-country 72 hours to find out if I had a vision or you had a vision or he had a vision to find out eternity. Who journeyed to Denver, who died in Denver, who came back to Denver and waited in vain, who watched over Denver and brooded and loaned in Denver and finally went away to find out the time and now Denver is lonesome for her heroes. Who fell on their knees in hopeless cathedrals praying for each other's salvation and light and breasts until the soul illuminated its hair for a second, who crashed through their minds in jail waiting for impossible criminals with golden 
golden heads and the charm of reality in their hearts who sang blues to Alcatraz, who retired to Mexico to cultivate a habit, or Rocky Mount to tender Buddha, or Tangiers to boys, or Southern Pacific to the black locomotive, or Harvard to Narcissus to Woodlawn to the daisy chain or grave, who demanded sanity trials accusing the radio of hypnotism and were left with their insanity and their hands and a hung jury, who threw potato salad at CCNY lecturers on Dadaism and subsequently presented themselves on the granite steps of the madhouse with shaven heads and harlequin speech of suicide demanding instantaneous lobotomy and who were given instead the concrete void of insulin, metrazole, electricity, hydrotherapy, psychotherapy, occupational therapy, ping pong and amnesia. Who in humorless protest overturned only one symbolic ping pong table, resting briefly in catatonia, returning years later truly bald, except for a wig of blood and tears and fingers, to the visible madman doom of the wards of the mad towns of the East. Pilgrim states rock lands and greystones fetid halls, bickering with the echoes of the soul, rocking and rolling in the midnight solitude bench dolmen realms of love. Dream of life a nightmare, bodies turned to stone as heavy as the moon. With mother finally fucked in the last fantastic book flung out of the tenement window and the last door closed at 4 a.m. and the last telephone slammed at the wall in reply and the last furnished room emptied down to the last piece of metal furniture. A yellow paper rose twisted on a wire hanger in the closet and even that imaginary. Nothing but a hopeful little bit of hallucination. Uh, Carl, while you are not safe, I'm not safe and now you're really in the total animal soup of time. And who therefore ran through the city streets obsessed with a sudden flash of the alchemy of the use of the ellipse, the catalog, the meter, and the vibrating plane, who dreamt and made incarnate gaps in time and space through images juxtaposed, and trapped the archangel of the soul between two visual images, and joined the elemental verbs and set the noun and dash of consciousness together, jumping with sensation of pater omnipotens eterna deus, to recreate the syntax and measure of poor human prose, and stand before you speechless and intelligent and shaking with shame, rejected yet confessing out the soul to conform to the rhythm of thought in his naked and endless head. Madman, bum, and angel beat in time, unknown, putting down here what might be left to say in time come after death, and rose reincarnate in the ghostly clothes of jazz, in the golden shadow of the band, and blew the suffering of America's naked mind for love into an Eli Eli Lama Lama Sabakhani saxophone cry that shivered the cities down to the last radio, with the absolute heart of the poem of life butchered out of their own bodies, good to eat a thousand years. Part two. What sphinx of cement and aluminum bashed open their skulls and ate up their brains and imagination? Moloch, solitude, filth, ugliness, ash cans, and unobtainable dollars, children screaming under the stairways, boys sobbing in armies, old men weeping in the parks, Moloch, Moloch, nightmare of Moloch, Moloch the loveless, mental Moloch, Moloch the heavy judger of men, Moloch the incomprehensible prison, Moloch the cross-boned soulless jailhouse and congress of sorrows, Moloch whose buildings are judgment, Moloch the vast stone of war, Moloch the stunned governments, Moloch whose mind is pure machinery, Moloch whose blood is running money, Moloch whose fingers are ten armies, Moloch whose breast is a cannibal dynamo, Moloch whose ear is a smoking tomb. 
Moloch, whose eyes are a thousand blind windows. Moloch, whose skyscrapers stand in the long streets like endless Jehovah's. Moloch, whose factories dream and croak in the fog. Moloch, whose smokestacks and antenna crown the cities. Moloch, whose love is endless oil and stone. Moloch, whose soul is electricity and banks. Moloch, whose power is the spectre of genius. Moloch, whose fate is a cloud of sexless hydrogen. Moloch, whose name is a mind. Moloch, in whom I sit lonely. Moloch, in whom I dream. Angels, crazy in Moloch. Cocksucker in Moloch. Lack love and manless in Moloch. Moloch, who entered my soul early. Moloch, in whom I am consciousness without a body. Moloch, who frightened me out of my natural ecstasy. Moloch, whom I abandon. Wake up, Moloch, like streaming out of the sky. Moloch! Moloch! Robot apartments, invisible suburbs, skeleton treasuries, blind capitals, demonic industries, spectral nations, invisible madhouses, granite cocks, monstrous bombs. They broke their backs lifting Moloch to heaven. Pavements, trees, radios, tons. Lifting the city to heaven which exists and is everywhere about us. Visions, omens, hallucinations, miracles, ecstasies, gone down the American River. Dreams, adorations, illuminations, religions, a whole boatload of sensitive bullshit. Breakthroughs, over the river, flips and crucifixions, gone down the flood. Highs, epiphanies, despairs. Ten years animal screams and suicides, minds, new loves, mad generation, down on the rocks of time, real holy laughter in the river. They saw it all, the wild eyes, the holy yells. They bade farewell. They jumped off the roof, the solitude, waving, carrying flowers, down the river, into the street. Part 3. Carl Solomon, I'm with you in Rockland where you're madder than I am. I'm with you in Rockland where you must feel very strange. I'm with you in Rockland where you imitate the shade of my mother. I'm with you in Rockland where you've murdered your 12 secretaries. I'm with you in Rockland where you laugh at this invisible humor. I'm with you in Rockland where we are great writers on the same dreadful typewriter. I'm with you in Rockland where your condition has become serious and is reported on the radio. I'm with you in Rockland where the faculties of the skull no longer admit the worms of the senses. I'm with you in Rockland where you drink the tea of the breasts of the spinsters of Utica. I'm with you in Rockland where you pun on the bodies of your nurses the harpies of the Bronx. I'm with you in Rockland where you scream in a straitjacket that you're losing the game of the actual ping-pong of the abyss. I'm with you in Rockland where you bang on the catatonic piano. The soul is innocent and immortal. It should never die ungodly in an armed madhouse. I'm with you in Rockland where 50 more shocks will never return your soul to its body again from its pilgrimage to a cross in the void. I'm with you in Rockland, where you accuse your doctors of insanity and plot the Hebrew socialist revolution against the fascist national Gogotha. I'm with you in Rockland, where you split the heavens of Long Island and resurrect your living human Jesus from the superhuman tomb. I'm with you in Rockland, where there are 25,000 mad comrades all together singing the final stanzas of the Internationale. I'm with you in Rockland, where we hug and kiss the United States under our bedsheets, the United States that coughs all night and won't let us sleep. I'm with you in Rockland, where we wake up electrified out of the coma by our own souls, airplanes roaring over the roof. They've come to drop angelic bombs. The hospital illuminates itself. Imaginary walls collapse. Oh, skinny legions run outside. Oh, starry spangled shock of mercy. The eternal war is here. Oh, victory, forget your underwear. We're free. I'm with you in Rockland. 
Rockland in my dreams. You walk dripping from a sea journey on the highway across America in tears to the door of my cottage in the western night. just heard Patti Smith with Spell, based on the footnote Ginsberg wrote to his three-part how for Carl Solomon, which Hudson helped me to perform. Thanks, Hudson. (laughs) The poem How created controversy for its frank references to heterosexual and homosexual love. The American beat poet Lawrence Ferlinghetti, who published How through his City Lights publishers, was charged with distributing obscene material. He was acquitted in 1957 in a case considered a landmark decision in the area of censorship and free speech. 
How was judge protected under the Americans' First Amendment? According to the judge, a book with a social importance cannot be held obscene. This decision paved the way for the publication of Henry Miller, D.H. Lawrence, William Burroughs and many other writers. Ferlinghetti was born in 1919 and has often claimed that he's not a beat poet but a bohemian of an earlier generation. His work challenges the definition of art and the artist's role in the world. He urged poets to engage in the political and cultural life of the country. This next poem, Speak Out, by Ferlinghetti, was published in 2003 and is read by Shell. And a vast paranoia sweeps across the land, and America turns the attack on its twin towers into the beginning of the Third World War, the war with the Third World. And the terrorists in Washington are drafting all the young men, and no one speaks. And they are rousting out all the ones with turbans, and they're flushing out all the strange immigrants, and they're shipping all the young men to the killing fields again. And no one speaks. And when they come to round up all the great writers and poets and painters, the National Endowment of the Arts of Complacency will not speak. While all the young men will be killing all the young men, in the killing fields again. So now is the time for you to speak, all you lovers of liberty, all you lovers of the pursuit of happiness, all you lovers and sleepers, deep in your private dreams. Now is the time for you to speak, O silent majority, before they come for you. presidential skeleton, I won't sign the bill. Said the speaker's skeleton, yes you will. Said the representative skeleton, I object. Said the Supreme Court skeleton, what do you expect? Care for the poor, said the son of God skeleton, AIDS needs cure, said the homophobe skeleton, gay folks suck, said the heritage policy skeleton, blacks are out of luck. The macho skeleton, women in their place, said the fundamentalist skeleton, increase the human race, said Nancy skeleton, just say no, said the Rasta skeleton, blow Nancy, blow!
skeleton, don't smoke pot. Said the alcoholic skeleton, let your liver rot. Said the junkie skeleton, can't we get a fix? Said the big brother skeleton, tell the jerks for kicks. Said the mirror skeleton, hey, good looking. Said the electric chair skeleton, hey, what's cooking? Skeleton, muck you in the face. Said the family value skeleton, my family values mace. Said the New York Times skeleton, that's not fit to print. Said the CIA skeleton, can't you take a hint? Said the advertising skeleton, don't get wise. Said the media skeleton, believe you me. Said the couch potato skeleton, what me worry? Said the TV skeleton, eat sound bites. Said the newscast skeleton, that's all. Good night. Listening to the Bohemian Beat, and we just heard Allen Ginsberg with his poem, The Ballad of the Skeletons, first published in 1955. Now, the poem was set to music by Ginsberg in the same year in a collaboration with Paul McCartney, Philip Glass, and Lenny Kay. Before that, a poem by Lawrence Ferlinghetti called Speak Out, read by Shell. Well, that is all we have time for today. I hope you've enjoyed our special featuring Allen Ginsberg poem, Hal, and a big thank you to Hudson. Thanks for having me, Riddy. It was great fun. It was fantastic. Okay, now, Bohemian Beat will be back next week with more poetic entertainment. Check out thebohemianbeat.com for more information and podcasts. Now, we're going to end with a track, Leaping Lesbians, and it was actually given to me by the late David Allen, Um, years and years ago on a Christmas special that we did and at the time we did not know who they are and we still don't so if you know who this group is please let me know thank you for joining us I'm Riddy we'll see you next week on the Bohemian Beat
reaching out from floors and ceilings. You can't escape, you're in our hands. Here come the lesbians. Inside your heart is racing when you see our shadows chasing. Here come the lesbians. Here come the lesbians. Here come the lesbians. Here come the lesbians. The leaping lesbians. Dojo, 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 dojo.
like a train. Like a train.